Good morning, and welcome to the digital ministry of First Baptist Church of Aransas Pass, Texas. Here's Pastor Ian with this week's biblical message. All right, y'all, let's, uh, I want to start off today by reading a little passage in Mark chapter 8, and then we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to be going through that today. So, if you're with me in your Bible, you'll want to keep Galatians 6 open, and we'll go around for some, in some different places uh, with some scriptures that'll support what Paul's saying, give us more clarity, what he means, and what that means for us, all right? Let's ask God for help, church. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We cherish you. We praise you. We glorify you, God. Help me, Lord, to communicate the message that you've given for your people, for all of us, God. Lead us to yourself today, this morning, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I've spoken uh, several times throughout our time here, um, sometimes uh, week after week, about taking up our cross to follow Jesus. Y'all recall these, these different times? Yeah, I'm taking up our cross to follow after Jesus. Um, <clears throat> now, when we take up our cross, surely, to be sure about it, we take up our cross to follow Jesus to freedom, don't we? We take up, take up our cross to follow Jesus to life. We take up our cross to follow Jesus in discipleship. We take up our cross to follow Jesus out of obedience, in love, for God and for his people. Now, to be clear, that's what I'm going to ask you to do here this morning. Today, as we go on in through the day and through this week, I want you to be reminded of God's command to take up your cross and to follow after him. As he tells us, surely those are the disciples of Jesus Christ. Those who take up their cross to follow after him. He bore your burdens on the cross at Calvary. And he calls you to bear with one another out of love. Out of love, church, he calls you to bear with one another. Again, as he bore your burdens, your sins, on his own shoulders... In himself, on Calvary, as he hung on the cross, he calls us to do likewise, to bear one another's burdens in keeping with the command of Christ. And he calls us to bear these with one another out of love for him. And then he calls us also, we can see through the teaching of Scripture as a whole, that he's calling us to bear with one another out of our love for our brothers and sisters. Did you know that God calls you to love one another, church? Did you know that God calls you to love one another, church? Did you know even that God calls you to love even those who will not love you back? That's easy, isn't it? Woo! A little tough sometimes. You see, we're going to read in Galatians today just how the Lord calls us to this very way of life. I'm reminded of a time in Mark 8 when Jesus is rebuked by Peter because Peter doesn't want to let him go. Jesus has just explained to him that he's going to have to uh, die and be resurrected, right? He's going to have to die. He's going to have to go to the cross. 
And uh, Peter didn't want to hear it. He didn't want none of it. He takes him aside. He starts to, to, to rebuke him. Let's, let's see what happens there. And in Mark 8, 32 and 33. 32 says, and he said this plainly. What did he say plainly? Well, he's talking about his death and resurrection, okay? And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Well, just a, an aside real quick. Aren't you glad Jesus did not heed Peter's word? Don't go to the cross. No, not you. No, don't die. You realize if Jesus didn't go to the cross, ain't no hope for us. Jesus needed to go to that cross. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And I need you to know something today, church. I need you to know that when you pick up your head and puff yourself up in pride, what you're really doing is you're playing God. And this is what happens when we have a word of condemnation for other people. Instead of denying ourselves and taking up our cross to follow after Jesus, when we sit in condemnation and judgment of others, we are really puffing up ourselves in pride and trying our own hand at playing God. Is that ever going to work out for you, church? You'll never do it well. None of us will. When you condemn people instead of running to their aid, you're setting your mind on the things of man, on the things of the world, exactly what Jesus called us to come out of. In verse 34, and, the, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Remember, Jesus is rebuking Peter here because Peter wants to keep him in the world. Peter wants to keep him on the earth. Peter wants to keep him from harm, from death. Peter wants to keep him from all that Jesus is saying he has to go and do. And actually, what Peter would do in this moment, because he's trying his own hand at playing God, is Peter would keep him, his, himself, his very own self, from being saved. But Peter doesn't recognize this. He doesn't realize this at that time. Oh, if Jesus doesn't go to the cross, then I can't be saved either. Whoa. Hold on, maybe you should go, Lord. This is what happens to us throughout the course of our lives. We don't always see the big picture. We don't always have everything in view. And because we can't see the big picture all the time and have everything in view, sometimes the things that we think and the things that we feel and the things that we say do not align with the word of God and the will of God. But we can be sure that if we read the word of God and heed him at his word... That God's word not only will stand the test of time, but it will change us. It will change our viewpoint. It will change our very hearts so that we would know exactly who God is and then know who we are in response to that. Verse 35, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Have you ever answered that question, church? He, he asks a question there. You ever tried to answer that? For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What does it profit, church? Is there profit? Profit to the affirmative, to the positive. Is there? How about this one? For what can a man give in return for his soul? 
This is a lesson to Peter and to all of us, not to set our minds on the things and comforts of the world, but to set our eyes on the eternal blessing from God in Jesus Christ. You see, the truth is sometimes it's hard to help. It's hard to rush in. It's hard to run in to help when somebody's in trouble. It's hard to forgive sometimes. It's hard to turn the other cheek, isn't it, church? Especially when they hurt you bad. Especially when they've done something that's going to hurt you and it's going to affect the course of the rest of your life. It's hard to turn the other cheek. It's hard to forgive sometimes. But I tell you, when you do, you are heeding God at his word and you are being changed from the inside. God's command is alive in you. God's word, his love is alive in you when you can forgive. It's always better to help than giving in to fear or the temptation to condemn. To be sure, church, when you condemn someone else, you are giving in to temptation. I want you to know that. When you condemn someone else, because listen, there's a, there's, there's a myth out there that Christians shouldn't judge. We shouldn't judge. In fact, there are several scriptures, in fact, in, in the New Testament specifically, that call us to judge. It says that we actually, we are able to judge the church. Now, this does not mean that we can pronounce judgment. It means, though, that we can tell the difference between right and wrong, truth and false. But the pronouncement of judgment, the punishment, the sentencing, that belongs to God alone. Condemnation is a sentencing. It's not a judgment alone. It's a judgment that has sentencing and carries sentencing out with it or along with it. When you go and see a judge and he finds you guilty, it's not just the guilty verdict that affects you, is it? It's the sentencing thereafter, isn't it? And the sentencing thereafter is what God deals with. And con condemnation, condemning people, that is a sentencing in your heart. You've, in effect, killed someone off in your heart when you've condemned them. Is it not sin to murder, church? Is it not sin not only to murder but to hate someone in your heart? This is what we don't want to get caught up in, church. That is a temptation I don't want you to fall for. Because it's what the world wants to snare you with. They want to trap you and they want to hold you captive. Don't fall for it, church. Love is always the better way because it's God's way. You see, this is the eternal Let me say this. We tend to let our fears and anxieties overrun what we know in our hearts to be the truth at times. And sometimes we get fearful and anxious about forgiveness, about turning the other cheek, about loving, about running into help. Even though we know it's the right thing. And let me say this, you may even be fearful today of making the decision to come closer to your Lord because of the discomfort that it may bring you in the flesh. Maybe he's calling you to give something up that you don't want to give up. Maybe he's calling you to be someone that you're afraid to be because you don't know if you can do it good enough. Let me put your heart at ease can't none of us do it good enough? None of us. But come all the way. Come all the way to Christ. And this is when the eternal truth of taking up your cross to follow Jesus comes in. Because we must, in order to take up our cross and follow after Jesus, we must first deny ourselves. Deny ourselves. 
so that we can walk in the truth of the Holy Spirit. But the truth for everyone is that we don't always get it right. We mess it up. We fall to the temptation of the world or the temptation of the false comfort of the world. And when this happens, I pray that you have someone close to you. Someone who can bring you back. Someone who can bring you in. Someone who can help you to carry the load. Someone who can bear your burdens with you. Someone who will deny themselves to take up their cross to follow after Jesus in helping you. We all need this help at times in life, church. We need restoration. We need the love of Jesus Christ to be poured into us. This is what we desire in the depths of who we are. After all, restoration is at the heart of the gospel, isn't it? Doesn't God come to restore us? To bring us to reconciliation? Back into right relationship with himself? That we need restoration. We need to be restored. Anybody in here ever cut themselves before? Ever cut yourself? Anybody? Leland, this is hands first one to go up. <laughs> yes. Y'all cut yourselves before, right? Maybe, maybe you burned yourself on the stove or, yeah, all the time, all the time. Maybe you're lighting a barbecue pit, you know what I'm saying? You're trying to move around a hot coal, you know, and the fire's a little too hot for you. You know, when I cut my hand, um, I, I, I often cut my hand or my finger. I, I, I don't know why I don't know how to use a knife yet. I'm 40, y'all. Um, but somehow or another, I always cut myself. But when I cut myself um, on, on one hand, you know what I'm saying, I, I, I depend on my other hand in order to bandage that one hand. I depend on my other hand, on my eyes. I depend on my sense of touch, right? I depend on my sight in order to bandage myself up. I need that other hand to help bandage me. And if I don't have that other hand, then I'm going to go to my wife and I'm going to say, Morgan, I need you to help me out here. here. And then if she's, she's being a little rough with me, I'm going to say, ooh, gentle, gentle, easy, 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 right? You ever caught yourself doing that? Somebody hurts you or, or you got hurt, like fell down or something, and somebody's trying to put ice on you, like, ah, 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 easy, 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 easy. I got in a car wreck one time when I was younger, and I told you all about this wreck, and I had glass stuck in my arm, and I was knocked out. I was in the hospital, and I woke up because there, this dude was taking, it was a nurse, right? Dude, yeah, he's a guy. Uh, this guy, this dude was taking glass out of my arm, shards, like literally um, like this big, okay, out of my arm. And I woke up and I was like, ah, ah. And I said, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he had these big old long tweezers, right? And he's like, and he's like taking out the, the pieces of glass. And I said, oh, I said, man, just leave it in there. Just leave it in there. You know, because it hurt so bad when he was taking it out. And he's like, I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't leave it in there. Of course he couldn't leave it. Glass in my arm, come on right? We depend on someone else to help us when we get injured, when we get hurt. We depend on the gentle touch so that it doesn't hurt so bad when we're being put back together. This is at the heart of what God is going to tell us here through the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6, that we should bear one another's burdens with each other. We should bear one another's burdens, that we should help to restore, help to pick each other up, that we actually can depend on other people, just like when we get hurt physically, also when we fall into sin, when something's going on in our life that we can depend on other people to help us, to restore us. Do you believe that, church? You see, we are members of the same body, 
If someone falls, we need to be there to pick that person up. So let's go into Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. We there, church, say amen. Galatians 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each one will have to bear his own load. Let's go into verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Ooh-wee. Hmm. Golly. If anyone's caught up in the snare of sin, transgression. Y'all know that transgression is a sin, right? That's what that word means. The things that we do that go against the grain, that go against God's express will, his design, his plan, his purpose. They go against the word sin. It's like an archery term. It means to miss the mark. The mark is the center. It's the bullseye. That's righteousness. That's what God requires. Not only does he desire it, but in order to be in his presence, he requires it. The fact that we go outside the mark is sin. We miss the target. We miss the mark. That is sin. Because we miss the mark, we need someone who can hit the mark. That is Christ himself, Jesus in the flesh, as he lived and died on our behalf, bore our sins on himself on the cross at Calvary, so that everyone who believed in the name of Jesus Christ in him as Lord would be saved from the wrath of God and that righteous requirement of perfection was fulfilled by Jesus Christ and that requirement that